Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and ESPN got it all wrong. Babe Ruth is not the greatest player to ever play the game. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's that's a good one. And I am the Champ, and rumor has it that Rob Manfred saw his shadow, and there'll be six more weeks of the lockout. That was a good one. <laughs> Only six weeks? Yeah. Well, you know what the shadow probably was? It was probably Tony Clark lurking over him. <laughs> Tony yeah. Clark's a huge guy. Did you know that? Yeah. If 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 they got in a fight, how how quick would that end? Oh, it's it's it's, it's a one and done. Yeah, I don't think Rob I mean, Manfred's ever been punched. So yeah, I <laughs> I think I think he would look like uh, Michael Spinks taking the dive against Tyson. Like you know how there, there was a thought. Like I don't think he actually hit him. <laughs> I, I, it was funny. I was looking up. I, I didn't realize you know, Tony Clark's six eight. Oh, is that how tall he is? Six eight. Yeah, yeah. He even and, looks. Uh, he, had a, he had a pretty decent career. Yeah, he did. Yeah, with the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, Tigers, Yankees. I think he played a, a uh, season for the or two with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah he. I he had a couple, uh, couple, yeah. two hundred home runs, over two hundred, something like that. So yeah, it was a decent career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Man- Manfred. Which, Manfred doesn't look like he could take a hit. Yeah, yeah. So what did ESPN do? Where, where did they say that Babe Ruth was not the greatest player? Well, no, they uh, ESPN did a, like, the writers and whatnot uh, listed the top 100 players of all time, top 100 baseball players of all time. Okay. And they ranked Babe Ruth as the number one player. Oh, as the number one player. Yeah. Okay. And I look at, and obviously I've never seen Babe Ruth play. I've seen those goofy films. Um, I, I just can't believe Bonds is not the greatest player to ever play the game. I, I don't I don't care about the steroids, whatever. It just, there's no way. Him, maybe Willie Mays. As the, as if, if they voted Mays as the number one player, I would say, all right, yeah, I get that. But don't tell me Babe Ruth is more of a player than Bonds or Mays. <laughs> That's not even close, man. Did, did they do it based upon – was it relative to that era? Because certainly he was far and away the best player in that era. I mean, his stats were, were, were so much better than anybody else um, in that time. Yeah, which lead, yeah, they, they did. That was, that was some of the factor of how he compared to his peers. But I would argue that his peers as a whole are nowhere near as good as Bonds or Mays' peers. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, baseball, the players keep getting better and better, as you would expect in every sport. Yeah. So Bonza ended up eighth. Mays ended up second. Aaron was third. Um, I, I, I mean, I think probably Mays was a better baseball player. He's probably a better defender than Aaron. Aaron was. Yeah. 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 He played a little bit more demanding position, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he could swipe bases, stole a lot of bases. Um, yeah, and uh, interesting. The highest ranked active player was number f- at number fifteen was Mike Trout. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Already. Yeah, and I I think you can make probably make an argument on that one. Uh, yeah, that, that seems a little bit too soon, right? Really? Particularly given. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because. How old is he? Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Mm hmm. Um, we we haven't seen a full body of work. In fact, he only played what a month and a half last year. He yeah. cost me. He he cost me. Um, we would have finished higher. You and I would have finished higher in the NFBC. He was my first round draft choice. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I ended up finishing what four out of twelve. I think I would have made the money had I uh, had he played at least half of the season. So anyway. Maybe there's some bias there for me, some recency bias. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's he's definitely on track to be one of the greatest players. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the greatest, one of the greatest players never to win a uh, playoff series. Yeah, uh, I guess the other one would be that shortstop from the Cubs, Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks, yeah. Well, that was a little bit different era too, right? Yeah, Ted Williams never won one either. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, the way baseball is headed, you know, they're going to 
I guess as part of the CBA, they're talking about expanding the playoffs. So you would think there's more, there's more of a chance, certainly, these days. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that, that, was a funny, that was a funny visual between Clark and uh, Manfred. <laughs> yeah, that just came to me on you know Groundhog Day. I was yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, that's good. All right, so we got some uh, Bush League stuff. We got to take care of. Uh, Saturday, March fifth, we're going to meet at Iron Hill Brewery in Eagle View at noon. That's kind of locked in, right? Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's a, probably a good meeting spot right off the Turnpike um, in Rick's backyard. And um, we were there for the uh, All Star Game last year, and. and had a good time there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I liked it. It's yeah. close. It's close for me. It's closer for me than King of Prussia, but yeah. Okay. Well, what was the drive for you? Like 40 minutes? Mm, maybe closer to an hour. Okay. Wow. on traffic. Really? Yeah. All right. March 26th. You did a hell of a job with this, man. March 26th in York at the Country Inn and Suites, uh, we found a draft venue for... For that day, yeah, that's so. It, I I thought that you know when we decided back in November to stick to um, a draft day, and then we said, hey, let's just go back to the place in Hershey. And um, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Um, had it all set up, and I was ready to sign the contract. And I read the contract and said, no, no outside alcohol. Um, could be brought in. And I'm like, well, wait a second, you guys just changed this. And they said that they had a liquor license. And according to Pennsylvania state law, you're not allowed to bring in alcohol. And so what I subsequently found is a lot of those hotels in the Hershey area either had a liquor liquor license so we couldn't bring it in or that they just didn't have um, meeting rooms that could accommodate us, meaning that they didn't have a screen or they didn't have a projector or didn't have a TV, just – it, it, it didn't work. So um, hopefully uh, this country inn suites in New York, which is what, 20 minutes from you, 25 minutes? Uh, I'm not really sure. We're, is it in York City or York County? Cause, uh, I think it's in York County. I think it's just it's right off of 83, the junction of 83 and 30, probably two minutes from there, five minutes from there, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes, yep. Yeah. So um, they did a nice job. They sent me the information, although <clears> – <throat> I had to send the document back to them by February 2nd on Groundhog Day. So I sent it back the day before, and then I tried to call because I didn't hear from the person. Well, yeah. here, their phones weren't working for two days. So then I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, great, this place went out of business before we could even wreck the place. And, uh, yeah, they, they finally got back on. Everything is good. Okay. Um, just for the, for the owners, um, we, we haven't determined the time yet, but you can call in now. Um, just say that you want um, that you're part of the Bush League, and the rate should be eighty nine dollars. And cool. if you have any problems, text me. Um, once you make your reservations, text me so that I just know and can follow up sometime in March um, with our contact. Um, I've already booked booked both the meeting room and my hotel room, so right. um, I think we're all set there. Did you get like the room with the jacuzzi in it? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. And don't worry if I paid or not. If it's on, if, if I just add, add it to everybody else's tab. So everybody, make sure you make your reservation so it can knock them off mine. Yeah, our reservations will now be ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, you, you know what? I've been watching Ozark, so I'm trying to learn how to uh, how to launder money. Okay, good for you. You got yeah. You got to have yeah. goals in life. Yeah, do a little Marty Bird on that. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, good. All right. So we also have some, uh, we also had some, um, rule proposal, rule change proposals, you know, kind of trickle in here. Um, we will, I guess Bob sent it to us. Did you put Bob freeze? Did you set, did you put that on the website or do you want to kind of organize this and send it out to everyone at once? No, um, so let me just let me jump back for a second. Bob Freeze, um, listener to the podcast, uh, avid listener to the podcast, um, has already sent out a document. I think he, he emailed everyone. Okay. So everybody should have it. All right. But for those that lost it, deleted it, whatever, 
um, I have put it on the Bush League website, and I've created a new menu called Draft Day, where you can go in and reach, uh, read Bob's comments and his proposals. All right, cool. Yeah, very nice. All right, so one of them was the save plus holds category. Um, yep. Which we have not confirmed, or, or did you confirm that CBS won't allow us to do that as one category? Yes, CBS will allow us okay. to, to, to do it as a category. We just have to create, oh gosh, I forget what the, um, we have to create um, the formula okay. for them because yep. they have both of those categories. So right. that can be done. Okay. So full steam ahead. All right. And then he also uh, it proposed the K's minus walks category. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, uh, do we want to comment on those, or are we going to – I guess we'll reserve comment, but everybody read it, and then everybody can uh, – um, we can comment it um, at the winter meetings on, on, on the 5th. Um, I'm still going to get my um, – probably at least a week before – um, I'll send out my proposals okay. for the new new rule changes this year. Um, I'll send that out before the, the right. um, winter meetings. And then there's also a note in here regarding semi-weekly news. You kind of did some um, – you pulled the string on that. Yeah, so, so what I did was when I looked on the CBS website, which I've just renewed, um, I, I, I thought I saw last year where they had daily – or they had weekly, but they didn't have semi-weekly. Like, um, fab, you can have any time. You can pick when you want to do fab. So yeah. I thought that I, would, I had just missed it. So I reached out to CBS, and basically what they said was, uh, unfortunately, they don't have that option to have it semi-weekly for, for roster moves. And they basically said that, um, you know, tried to make me feel good that when they did conduct off-season meetings, they will discuss that with any new implementations. Okay. And that was from Commission Hamlet. How do you like that? Hamlet. So I think he docked protest too much. <laughs> that was good. And with these these semi-weekly moves, you're talking about adjusting our active roster. Yes, right. yeah. You know, what would, would be nice, it, it, it always stands out, and it's probably not true, but it always seems that once you lock in your rosters on Monday, there's either an injury for a player and you miss out on a whole week. And, you know, my, my hope, my proposal was going to be have roster moves Monday and before the first game on Friday. And that way you can minimize without having to be a daily league. I was trying to, to mm -hmm. accommodate. Yeah, yeah um, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's which a good point. I, I thought would have had some traction. I often think like uh... – Especially with the teams that have off on Monday, they can hold moves until later that that afternoon or that evening because they don't, you know what I mean? Because they don't have a game, yeah. they don't need to do anything. Or, or even the Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. That's a shame. It it won't allow us to do that. But you would think that would have been an easy one for them. But uh, it's just another nail in their coffin. <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like the website's renewed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I did that the, earlier this week. So if anybody goes out there, they should see. I guess previously, the, uh, on the banner page, it said "Please renew," and it should um, now say that uh, we are set for 2022. All right. Cool. All right. Um, and we have some notes from uh, Text Talk. Uh, we 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 got a text from our friend Stan Moyer about uh, Roberto Clemente documentary on PBS. I ended up watching that. Did you Did you watch it as well? I did. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's only an hour um, documentary, but it, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's cool. It's always, I mean, it's always cool to see stuff about him, and I love the old film footage of Clemente. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I was able to watch him like in his prime, but um, yeah, it's always cool to see to see that that footage. Uh, actually, Stan Stan let us know that he would send it to you on VHS. Is that what he's Yeah. <laughs> a VHS copy. You know, I'm surprised. Well, hey, listen, you know, I'm sure Stan, you know, went over and turned his TV on. You know, he doesn't have a remote, so he had to actually change it manually, and he only probably gets, you know, four stations or something like that. So, you know, good, good for Stan for letting us know. All right. Um, uh, another thing, uh, I, I, I uh, asked Bill if he was going to 
modify his running goal, and he pretty much said no because uh, it was getting a little tough toward the, the, you know, as he got into the winter months. Um, but I, I guess he updated it to Kansas City, which is about another 30 miles for the year. That's what his okay. 2020 goal is. Um, and he had mentioned about the union rep. He, he agreed with me about Rick, and, and I, I think you had mentioned Bob Freeze if we had a Bush League union rep. Well, think about this. Think about this. I'm pushing, you know, uh, as, as good as Rick may be, um, Bob Freeze, I think, would be better. Because think of the industry that he's in and how that's just right for, for being a union boss. What? the? Oh, the, the industry he, that he worked in. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's probably, uh, yeah, you probably need to have some thick skin in that business. Yeah. Plus, if anybody disagrees, you can get rid of the body pretty quickly. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you suggesting that it's run by the mob? Um, formerly, I wouldn't say that now. Eh, don't be too surprised. <laughs> we better press on. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then Rick sent those pictures out of nowhere. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool to see the, the wiffle ball. Yeah, where the hell did he find those? I mean, these are going back to 2003. Um, shout out to, uh, to Rick for finding those those pictures. They were awesome. So what I've done is on the Bush League website, under the podcast and archive section, I've created a submenu called Pictorial, and um, a lot of the pictures are, are out there. So so take a look because um, they're, they're, they're really good. And uh, we were once young, weren't we? Yeah, Bill actually commented on a on a picture of me swinging, but when I looked at the picture and I saw the ball, I'm pretty sure that thing was popped up. So I'm <laughs> not sure. I might have looked good swinging, but that ball just went in. A catcher caught that thing. Yeah. Um, Somebody also commented it looked like that was back in the days when you and Bob Bob Kirk had hair. Oh yeah, it might have been me commenting. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and a little lighter. Although I'm I'm uh I'm down to 157. I weighed myself yesterday. So I'm, nice. I'm getting to that. What's point. the goal? Well, the goal is 155. That's I think my like uh, that's where I think I should be. But if I don't, if I, if I can keep 155, 160, I'm good. Yeah. So would that make you a bantam weight? Uh, no, I need to drop another 25 pounds to be a bantam weight. That's that's okay. It, it, there was a pun in there that, that I meant. Yeah, to. yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then the other thing, we talked about this map of the U.S. I don't even know how we got onto this last time. Um, but we reached out to people. So a lot of these guys think they could name all 50 states, or, or Bob Kirk says an A-, minus, 45 out of 50, identify them on a, on a map. Are you buying this? Except for Tom. Uh, Tom's the only honest no. one in here. No, there's, there's, I, I think there's a lot of hubris. In, in, involved in all this. Um, Bob Freeze and Rick said they could do it. Casey says he thinks he could do all 50 states. Um, I think Tom was honest, saying that, uh, no, uh, he could name all the states, but would likely mess up the states in the Southwest. Okay. Yeah, um, as you had mentioned, Bob mm-hmm. Kirk said he could get 45 out of 50, so he gave himself an A-, minus. but I don't know when the 90 is uh, an, uh, an A-. minus. Yep. And, and then Bill that he could name all 50 and probably most of the state capitals. And he thanked former teacher uh, Schumann. Do you remember him, Mr. Schumann? I remember him. I don't think I ever had him. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why I can't name all capitals. I, you know what? I, here, here's one. Uh, I, I had uh, Schumann once. He, I guess he was really an English teacher, and they moved him ultimately to uh, also teach geography and history. But I had him for a class called uh, sports literature, so we had to read different um, sports books, and he would make us come up with our our, our own questions to be asked. And um, the the answer to one question was Muhammad Ali, and he read it and said, "Nope, the answer is Cassius Clay." <laughs> yeah. yeah, good for him. So he was a real avid sports fan himself. Yeah. What's that? Was that old uh, Eddie Murphy movie? Is Mama called him Cassius. I'm going to call him Cassius. Right? <laughs> Coming to America. Remember that barbershop scene? <laughs> I, 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 I only saw that for the first time, and I don't remember it. That's, that, that's one of the best scenes that when they're in the barbershop. 
they're they're playing different uh, characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all so right. I, so yeah, getting, getting back to what you said, I I don't know. I think there's I, I think there's a little bit of puffing going on here. I I don't think most of these guys can name all fifty. Do you? What did we call it last last time? Geographic Cubers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yes, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we'll ba- see. Yeah, baseball news. Uh, the Hall of Fame came out. David Ortiz, uh, the the one who did get test positive for steroids, is the only one elected. Bonds and Clemens are now kicked to the Veterans Committee or whatever the hell they call it now. Um, yeah, you got any thoughts? Yeah. So, what Bonds and Clemens both finished with what sixty six and sixty five percent. So, it, it tells me, based upon our last podcast that a lot of people that did not show their votes did not vote for either one of them. So, um, and, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, one of the things that was surprising is Scott Rowland's percentage keeps going up. He was at 63%, and then Kurt Schilling, um, in his final year on the ballot, came in at 58.6%. Yeah, uh, I, Schilling lost 27 voters. From uh, from the previous year, but he gained two voters. So, and I'm thinking like, okay, who didn't vote for Schilling last year? But this year, they think he's a Hall of Famer. Like, what what the hell goes through people's heads? I like I get why the other 27 said I'm not voting for him because Schilling came out publicly and said he, he doesn't care. So, well, I think that was him saying that yeah, so that you know when it. it happens, you know, it yeah. took some of that sting away. But, I mean, he'll, he'll he'll eventually get in. But I think some of the voters reacted to that. And, I mean, losing 27 votes is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the, the funny thing is that he gained two. So I don't know who the people thought this year that he was a Hall of Fame or last year he wasn't. I, I don't understand that, but whatever. Uh, I, I'm not sure about Big Poppy. I'm, I'm not big on just the DH people. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I, I get you. And you know what, what? What this all proves to me is that all these voters are human. You know, David Ortiz was a warm and fuzzy guy versus Barry Bonds, who yep. was cold and prickly, right? And rubbed a lot of the writers the wrong way. And you know, if you just look purely at stats, there's no reason why Bonds and Clemens should not be in. We've talked about this before, even prior to uh, any suspicion of steroids or PEDs. They were already Hall of Fame, you know, worthy. Yeah, right. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, we we got quite a few texts on this thing. Uh, you know, J- Josh reached out to us. He talked about Bonds and Clemens. What you know, he he thinks they should have got in. He he brings up the morality clause, uh, and then you know references guys like Ty Cobb. Like, if we have a morality clause, why don't we just have it morality across the board? Um, mm-hmm. Um. He also questions Pudge Rodriguez a little bit, meaning that from what what oh, respect? Uh, if he was a steroid user. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, though he, I mean, just because, and and some of that is probably because he played for the Rangers and half the organization was using it, but mm. who knows? Um, yeah, Bob Freeze, same thing. Um, you know, Bond should have got in. Didn't mention anything about Clemens. Talked about what you mentioned about Big Poppy being a a warm and fuzzy. Um, Rick brings up my point is Ortiz actually popped positive for this when he stunk. And then he gets cut from the twins signed by the Red Sox. And now the guy's a hall of famer, but whatever. Um, and then case thought about it too. He, you know, he just, he thinks all the, he, he referred to as roid guys just should be in, you know, if they, if they have the stats, let them in. So, okay. okay. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'll talk a little bit more about it on my walk-off when, when okay. we get there. Um, yeah, I did see Roland has creeped up a little bit, and he's probably on the pace to uh, to get in. I, I don't know how many more years he has. He probably has at least five. Um, so let me ask you something. Why, why do you think that the least represented position in the Hall of Fame is third baseman? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, I, I started, I, I started gathering some stats for, uh, with this rolling thing. 
And yeah, it. I I was surprised that it's the least represented. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't know. Maybe the players that play there, they stick there because they can hit for five years and then they get rid of them, or you know, they they can't take their fielding flaws anymore and they got to get rid of them. I I don't know. I okay, no so, I mean that's 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 a good theory because is it a hitting first position? Is it a fielding first position? Is it a hybrid of those two? Because you know, certainly you know, for shortstop, we know that it's you know it's defensive first, but or or, or catcher, uh, you would think. But uh, I guess in the past, Hall of Fame votes have been heavily skewed by offensive categories, right? Because they're easily measured first defensive categories. Yeah, I mean historically, the corner positions first third, right, left, are RBI positions. Yeah. Right? If you don't have RBIs in those four corners, you got to get them somewhere. And historically, it wasn't at a shortstop or second baseman or center fielders. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I have no idea why that that it's like that. And when you, when you look at it from a – just off the top of your head, I don't know if I can name – I don't, and we even talked about Roland, that he's borderline, right? That you and I have talked about, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I, defensively, the guy was unbelievable. Yeah. But he, like, uh, Arenado's going to have better stats than, than Roland is offensively. Yeah. And he's, you could argue that he's as good a defender as, as Scott Roland was. So, so you know what this brings me to, which will be an interesting case. If his career arc continues on the same pace, would Nolan Arenado be um, um, a Hall of Famer? I mean, certainly he's still, you know, a, a, a good five solid years away from that. But um, defensively, offensively, I mean, he's certainly the leader um, in in his peer group. Oh, easy. Is, is that the is that is that the kind of you know, it's Mike Schmidt-esque. Is, is that the kind of player they're looking for um, as a Hall of Fame third baseman? Yeah, because, yeah, I, I think Schmidt was, Schmidt and Brett were the epitome of third baseman, uh, all around third baseman. I mean, you could argue yeah. about Brooks Robinson. But I think Schmidt and Brett were the epitome of third baseman defensively and offensively. I think they're the measuring sticks. Would I you, agree. Yeah, okay. So, um, Arnado, he's he's 30 years old as of last year. He's got all, he's got 1,350 hits, 865 RBIs. If you double everything, which is a pretty big feat, you know, to get to his 40, um, you're looking at 28, 2,900 hits and 1,700 RBIs. That's and he's got an 880 OPS. Now that'll drop as he gets toward the end of his career, but that's pretty solid. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's on, he's on pace for it. He's on pace for it, but yeah, there's a long way to go. Oh, a lot of things can happen in between there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Long way to go. And now he's at a course field. So maybe that'll back down a little bit. Um, and he's getting older. So, uh, and he, he's with the Cardinals for a few more years unless they, unless he opts out. Does he have an opt out clause? Yeah, I think he has another one coming up. Yeah. He he just had one this past year, which he did not exercise, and I believe he has one more next year. Um, but I l- l- let me tell you, um, I I only saw him play infrequently um, before he came to St. Louis. Um, having come to St. Louis this past year and watching him play every day, man, is this guy something else yeah. uh, defensively? He yeah. he just takes some risks. Yep. That I'm like, why is he even making this play, or why is he even trying to make this play? And and he can do it. And it's the way he throws across his body. It, it's 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 not physically possible. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, and and I think Roland was like that too. And I I, I remember Roland when he was with the Phils, and uh, this was years ago, and I, and I still remember it. So there's a guy on first, and the guy bunted, but it was on turf, so it, he bunted it a little too hard. Roland was on top of it. And he caught that ball barehanded and turned across his body, threw the guy out at second base. And that, that's the type of thing, like, how do you even have the field awareness to understand where the hell that runner is and think you can throw that guy out? Like, across your body, make an accurate throw, throw it hard. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And when you see plays like that, you're like, yeah, there's like five guys in the history of the game that make those, those plays. <laughs> like, that, that's a joke. 
So anyway, yeah, um, I don't know why the third basemen are, are like that. And I guess if you if you bump rolling against those third basemen, maybe maybe he is. Maybe he is a guy that that should be in there. And he's another guy, especially from a Philly perspective. He was kind of prickly. He wasn't a warm and fuzzy guy. Hey, let me ask you something here, because a lot of names have been mentioned in terms of Hall of Fame that were, uh, tell me if my timing is right. Did, did these following players all play together in Philadelphia? That would be Rowan, Schilling, Rollins, and Bobby Abreu. Rowan, Abreu, and Schilling played together. Okay. Yeah, Rollins, Rollins did not play with them? No, Rowan was gone by 04. Okay, and then that, yeah, and then Schilling was Schilling was gone before that, because he was on the Diamondback O one team. Okay, and then Brayu kicked around until we traded him to the Yankees for Noah. Yeah, so. I mean, he's another person. Is he even? Does, did he even get any votes? Let's see. He did. Bobby Abreu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's at eight point six percent. I mean, he he's not going to get in, but he had some pretty decent numbers, right? He did. Kind of a. A yeah. player that was just out there um, that nobody really paid a lot of attention to, but had had nice uh, uh, fantasy baseball league stats. He did. But that, that's a that's a good way to explain it. Abreu would do stuff like uh, if he was on first and Roland was up, Abreu would steal second. And then you're like, all right, well, there's the bat out of Roland's hand. Now we got Rico Bronya coming up. <laughs> Rico Bronya. See, you Rico know what I mean? Quave. So when you when you look at Abreu, you're like, yeah, you got 30 steals, but you shouldn't have. St- run on half of them because you took the bat out of Roland's hands. <laughs> but when you look at the stats, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's 30-30 every year. You're like, well, no shit. No one cares if he steals. They want him to steal. We'll, we'll pitch around Roland, get to Bronya. Yeah. So. You realize you realize I haven't heard anything you said since you talked about Rico Bronya. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, either that or, you know, if Bronya's not up, then we had Travis Lee coming up. It's like, come on, man. What are we doing? Oh my gosh! So anyway, yeah, that, that's my that's my thought on Bobby Abreu. He was a really good rotisserie player. Forever to be tied to Rico Bronya. <laughs> <laughs> but Philly fans who remember that could back me up. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other baseball news is it, now: was this official or is this kind of like kicked around on Twitter about the fourteen-team playoff proposal? Uh, okay, so so let's let's let, let's jump into this because I I'm going to try not to be quite as emotional uh, about the CBA, although I'm sure that will last all of about two seconds. But as part of the bargaining chips, um, you know, baseball currently stands at what ten playoff teams right now, excluding 2020, which is just a a, a weird year. Um, they have ten playoff teams. So and hold on. Yeah, let's talk in National League only. Okay. All right. So there's five, right, that make the playoffs? Yep. All right. Um, I think the owners have a proposal to have seven um, National League teams, and the players are are talking about uh, having six. Now, obviously, from an owner's standpoint, it's it's all a way to make additional funds, which, hey, that's fine. You know, you you can create some interest for some marginal teams that probably shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway, but you know, whatever. But one of the things that has been floated and and I don't know, Raj, if if this is just something on Twitter or if this is a writer or if it was actually leaked by owners. But one of the, the, the thoughts is that if you have seven teams in the national league, making the playoffs, that team number one, uh, I guess the team with the best record would get a buy. So now you have six teams left, um, and that the teams that the other two teams that win their division that didn't get a buy would pick um, the teams that they wanted to play um, in the opening round. And I thought, wow, is that really interesting? And I kind of like that. Um, it just it might be speculation, but I just wanted to know what did you think about that kind of idea? Okay, I had a couple questions, and maybe you don't know the answer. Uh, one is, okay. why would the players not want seven, only six? Do you know? Like, what's the? Thought? Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it, it's a bargaining 
tool for oh, them, right? Okay. They could say, hey, right. yeah, we'll go to seven, but but yeah. now you give us this. Yeah, okay. So, All right, yeah. I got that. All right, so if it's the top six, and you're talking about the three division winners and the next three, or three division winners and the – Wait, are you talking with six or seven? Because with six, seven, six. I was talking with seven, that it would be a buy, and then the top six, and then the top teams two and three would get the pick. Yeah. Their opponents. Okay. So it's it's the let's just say the seven. Uh yep. it's the top three division winners, they're automatically in. Is it yep. the next four in order, or is it like the teams that finish second in each division, they automatically get in, then the next team? Uh I don't know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that. All right. Um what um, would what would you like to say? Uh, would you like it based upon record or, or, or division standing? I I'd, I'd rather have it based upon record. Okay. Yeah. So, with that with that being said, so the Braves, the Brewers, and the Giants would have made it last year because they're division winners, and then the Dodgers at 106, the Cardinals at 90, the Reds at 83 would be the next three, and the Phillies at 82 would have been the seventh team. So okay. you're saying that the Dodgers would get to choose who to pick to play. Well, here's the thing. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. I don't think it would be the Dodgers, right? Oh, they yeah, finished yeah. second in their division. I'm sorry. Yeah, so the Brewers would be next in line. Giants would get to buy. The Brewers would be next in line. They get to choose who to play. Yeah. Well, obviously you would play the Phillies. I mean, I don't understand why you would pick anybody but them. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm not real big on the teams choosing. Like I don't I don't I don't think players, managers they they're too superstitious to be doing crap like that. Um, especially if they cho- chose someone other than the Phillies. Like uh, we're going to play the Reds because we think we're a better matchup. That that yeah, that's a lot of that's the... a lot of bulletin board fodder for that. Crap. Exactly. Don't, don't you think that's one of the things that, you know, should this come to fruition, baseball would like, you know, distract it from any on-field issues or, you know, you know that they have or any labor issues and, and really focus it on, on the game. And that, that, that makes headlines, right? I mean, imagine all the, the, the public discourse, um, social media, ESPN, uh, MLB TV, uh, people talking about this. Yeah, I get that. I definitely don't want the seven. That I mean, man, that's digging deep. Uh, Eighty, the Reds at eighty-three would be the sixth, and the Phillies would be the seventh at eighty-two. And I understand that, like the Cardinals won the World Series. What do you guys have? Like eighty-five wins one year when you beat the Phils in two thousand eleven. And I, I get that, but um, yeah, I'm not real big on expanding playoffs with baseball. Because it, it leads to teams that aren't probably the best team to have a chance to get in to win the World Series, but whatever. Well, as, as we talked about, as we talked about, um, with, with seven out of 15 teams um, in the National League, that's probably going to be somewhere close to just playing 500 ball. And in the example that you used from last year, the Phillies would have gotten in with 82 wins. Yeah. It, it, and that's 82 wins in a bad division. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's other things, right, to, to try and disincentivize those teams from winning that um, the number two and number three seeds would, would play all of the – if it's a three-game playoff, they would play all of the games um, at the higher seed location. So oh. the Phillies would not have a playoff game. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that'll change because the idea behind the wild card – was to make them play the next day, and then eventually it was pushed two or three days. They could set line. You know what I mean? The, uh, all yeah. that went down. I mean, the idea that that one game wild card was, hey, the next day you guys are playing. So I don't care what your pitching staff looks like, you guys are playing. But within two years, that all stopped. Right. I mean, the, yes, it, it it was to 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 dis incentivize or disadvantage. I guess is the better word. Um, those lower seats, which, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, I guess I would ask the owners is probably part of uh, this podcast question is, 
um, unless we come up with another one before the end of the podcast, what do you think about uh, in a, in a seven-team playoff, um, National League only, um, what do you think about the opponents, um, division winners um, picking their opponents? Do you like it or not like it? Yeah, that I, that seems gimmicky to me. Well, think about it. Um, baseball's going to have to do a lot of gimmicky things after the CBA, aren't they? Uh, just just bring the steroids back. We'll get fans back. <laughs> hey, you know this is uh, here we go. I'm because I'm, I'm starting to veer here, but I, I, I've been reading things on social media and other articles. And here's here's kind of this is very uh, unscientific and more anecdotal. But what I found is is that casual baseball fans or sites that aren't sports sites um they have readers that are siding with the owners and sports fans people that know sports and people that um writers from from sports magazines are actually siding with with the players does that make any sense yeah is that your hypothesis yeah it is okay you have any interest uh, what do you in... think about that well uh... i mean where do you fall so I would I would say that I'm a sports fan, uh, that I follow baseball and that I understand it, and I I don't yep, know. I agree that I don't know if I side uh, with either one of them. It's just annoy. It, it I'm more annoyed that two organizations can't communicate. That that's annoys the bejesus out of me. That that's what oh. that's what's frustrating more than anything. Understanding that so, neither can can function without the other, and and neither side they dig their heels in so hard that the organization as a whole becomes dysfunctional. I, I get that, and when you say they can't communicate, okay, so let let's just look at what's what's happened, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this um, over the last since our last podcast, so over the last two weeks, right? Um, baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball sent a proposal to the Players Association. Players Association said, no, um, here's our counterproposal. And what did Major League Baseball do? They didn't want to talk anymore. They said, well, okay, um, we're not going to counterpropose. We're just going to send it to, we want a mediator to come in. So basically after two arguments, they're, they're done. Uh, they want a mediator. Um, I think that goes to your point about having to discuss this in, in good faith. But I, I don't think the owners ever intended to, to, to deal in good faith on this. Well, it's, it's just like any other relationship. You could do it at a macro level, which is two large organizations, or a micro level, two people. If there's a problem in the relationship, it's just not one person. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, in, in your opinion, how, how is this going to play out over the next couple of weeks, and where does this end up? I don't know, but we were talking off air about you. You're not sure uh, you side on this will not be signed before our draft. And I'm now I'm hoping it's not because I think it'd be the coolest draft we ever had with all the. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? T tell me. Well, you, you don't think it will. The CBA will be signed before our draft on the 26th of March. Am I right? Um, I'm, I'm leaning that it's right. not going to be. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's not signed, we have all these free agents out there. That, that aren't with a major league team, but we're going to have our draft. I think it would be so cool when these guys like Chris Bryant come up. That's a good point. In, in fact, um, I'm going to put something in my, um, my proposal um, just on that very nature that we can talk about. The, well, it'll, it'll, be in, in, it'll be in the proposal that I send out. Yeah. yeah, so now I'm rooting that it's not signed, and I have no uh, – I'm indifferent if the players get what they want or the owners get what they want. It's really for more my entertainment. <laughs> that's why. That's why hey, I hope it's. There's not nothing wrong with that. That's 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 perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go so far as to say that listen, if Major League Baseball does not have a full 162 game season, the only Major League games that I will attend in 2022 will be. If we decide to have a Bush League trip, if we decide not to have a Bush League trip and they don't have a full season, I'm not going to a major league game. Not saying I won't watch it because, you know, I am uh, an inveterate um, baseball fan, but um, 
yeah, I'm not going to go spend my money as, you know, a, a very little protest on my own. Very little. Well, if, if that's the case, maybe we should just make a trip to the Lancaster Barnstormers. We'll see some ex-major leaguers. But okay. <laughs> we won't be paying, you know, baseball any money. We'll be kicking it to the Atlantic League. Oh, believe me, baseball's still going to get their money because I'm still going to have MLB TV and, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, paying yeah. whatever, okay. 100 some bucks, yeah, yeah. For, for that. So, you know, it's not uh, – I'm not totally abandoning the, the sport. And people that I hear that are abandoning the sport were never really fans to begin with. It's like me yeah. saying that, yeah. oh, if the NFL strikes, I'm never going to watch them again. You know, uh, I don't watch it now. And, oh, by the way, I just heard <laughs> – tell me if this is true. There is actually going to be – Six hours of pregame show before the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the hell do you talk about? I mean, if you packaged all the actual playing time for the Bengals, you could probably get their whole season in in six hours, couldn't you? Probably. Yeah. That, yeah. That's just ridiculous. Oh my God! Just play the damn game. Yeah, I was kind of hope. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I guess I'll watch the Super Bowl. I don't know. I was really, I really like the Chiefs. I'd rather watch them, but. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I don't know. Well, I'll watch. Uh, you, you know that the Rams will win, and this is part of the setup by my National Football League. Of course, I am absolutely rooting against the Rams. There, there's no team in football that I want to uh, win less. Than Why? Did I say that right? Than Why? the Rams. Why? Oh, because the way they pulled out of St. Louis. They just, you know, packed up the truck, which NFL teams do, and say, so long. We're breaking our, we're breaking our lease. We have an agreement, but... Agreements don't mean anything on an ownership side. Oh, okay, all right. So, but you had yeah. no idea. So, you, had, you had no problem with them leaving LA the first time. Oh no, absolutely <laughs> not. Actually, I don't. I, you know what? Honestly, I probably don't really care all that much. I'm just trying to make in a position that okay. I really don't want to defend. <laughs> all right, Are you, and yeah, you don't mind them when they left Cleveland before that. You just, you just or, Balt- that- or, or Baltimore, yeah, all this is all this is upsetting. Oh no, why doesn't baseball do that? Baseball should do that. Let's talk about that. Like, why shouldn't why shouldn't Tampa just pick up and move, get out of here? Yeah, and the, let me ask yeah, you something. That goes to another point. Goes to another point. All right, here we go. What what do the owners have to lose by not dragging out this this agreement? Like. I don't know how, how much debt service they have. I mean, what they'll do is just they'll just lay off workers, right? They don't care. What what costs are they? I'm sure they're incurring costs, but how much costs? Because they've already burdened taxpayers with the stadium, so there's no debt service in a lot of these places. On so that they, you know, it doesn't force them. I mean, this is if you could be a major league owner, you basically it's how much money do you want to make? You have. You, you know, all of a sudden now you have the right to make money. Not, um, no, not, yeah, you have the right to make money. Not that you have to earn it. You just get money. And that's the problem I have. And that's why I think let's lift the uh, uh, antitrust clause and let teams move wherever they want. And, you know, let's really open this damn thing up. Yeah, then you'll get college football because that's what the hell's happening there. Yeah, that, right? Yeah. Kids transfer, yeah. transferring every year. There, there, there's a lot of un, unintended consequences, but you know what? The NCAA could have taken care of this a long time ago, and this is what they get for not taking care of it. Yeah, maybe, or maybe they 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 foresaw this, and that's why they tried to prevent it. And by by doubling down on their ignorance. Well, I, yeah. I mean that that's a, that's another. That's a whole argument for a – you can do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Hey, remember I told you I wasn't going to go off about the CBA when we talked in the – in the uh, before the podcast started? Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I would just, you know, encourage you that a relationship is run by two entities, just not one. If it's bad, it's because oh, there's two right. entities. But, called but they're so far apart. I mean – this, this isn't just something they came up with. They, they've done the damage, you know, a couple of years ago. It's, it's been head- – they all want this. So let's, let's see what the fallout is. And, and I kind of agree with you. It's, it's going to make the draft really interesting. If we look at it myopically, yeah. it's going to be really fun. I think it will be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's, if there's no CBA, first player brought up Carlos Correa. Let's see how much see – see <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I dare you. I yeah. dare you. That would be awesome. Dare me. 
Come on. Yeah. There's like a hundred. Yeah, that would be interesting to see how much he would go for. You think he would go over a dollar? Yes. Man. That's a risk. I, I think he should do it. Just open up at a dollar? See what happens? Uh, no, don't open up at a yeah. dollar. No, but uh, I say it'll get to that point. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Because I figure, uh, I'm trying to think of the other one. Castellanos is still out there. Bryant's still out there. Right? They're the, they're yeah. the three big names. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah, this this will be a fun. All right. Um, I do have a twib note this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, Old Speckled Hen. It's from Moreland Brewery from Bury St. Edmunds, England. Uh, ABV of 5%. Beer Advocate at 79. Um, I have some notes that I took on the Old Speckled Hen. Had it at Quips. It's a little pub in Lancaster. Um, medium color, almost kind of looked like a yingling. That's how I would kind of describe it. A uh, huge head of foam, like stuck to your lips. You like that? When it sticks to your yeah. lips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. good. Um, I got to tell you, I was expecting this huge, bold taste. I don't know because I have a bias from Europe, England, or whatever. Um, but it was very, very light. The hop part didn't hit to you until the end um i agree with the beer advocate about a 79 ish uh it oh, i was describing it as i got halfway through it was like a a good tasting coors light Ooh! it had the the boldness of a coors light <laughs> but it had a better Contradiction taste in terms yeah but it, yeah uh, the unboldness i don't know but it, it had a better taste to it. It kind of grew on me as I continued to, to drink it. I think it'd be a good lunch beer. Like if, okay, you know what I mean? 5% is pretty and, and, low. So. And, and where did you have this beer? I had it at a place called Quips. Um, it's a, like an English pub style. Okay. Um, but I picked it because Barry St. Edmunds, uh, Madison lived there. I've, I've, I've been there. Okay. I've, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've, nice. been, I've been to the Old Speckled Hen Bar in, in England. All right, so, so, so to kind of set uh, to kind of wrap this up, the rooster didn't like it in the Old Speckled Hen House. No, the rooster okay. did not. The rooster left the Speckled Hen House. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so much for famous quotes then. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it was it was okay. That, again, the only reason I tried it because I saw it was from Bury St. Edmunds. So. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, we had a correction. You, you, I think you mentioned last podcast the Indians won the World Series in 46, but they yeah, won it in 48. It, it was actually 48, yeah, and you got me sidetracked because you started talking about Bob Feller, and oh, I thought yeah. it was 46, and then when I listened to it, I'm like, no, that's not right. It was 48 yeah, when, when they won the World Series. Yeah, 48, 46. Um, he was I want to say the Browns. Was... Did the Browns win it in 46? Ooh. Really? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Without looking it up. All right, I'm. I'm looking it up now. Okay. Nineteen. So we don't want a correction for next week. <laughs> uh, e- e- nineteen forty-six. You were. What the hell? Uh. Oh, I lied. That was the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. <laughs> Over the Red Lewis. Sox. Whoopsie. Yeah. Yeah, so 46, 48 is probably when Feller got out of the Army and uh, they signed Larry Doby in 47. So they probably, yeah. All right, there we go. Uh, today in baseball history, not much news. 1921, the Yankees purchased 10 acres from William Waldorf Astor, eventually becoming known as Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built. They bought the 10 acres in uh, the Bronx for $675,000. Mm. In 1958, Ted Williams, 39 years old, signed for $135,000 a year. Uh, it's approximately 1.2 in today's 1.2 million in today's dollars. And old Teddy Ballgame led the American League in batting average on base percentage and OPS that year. <laughs> Yo, you have here that his OPS was uh, uh, one uh, 1042. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
you know what? You wonder what kind of stats he would have put up had he not had was it, was it two tours of duty? Yeah, yeah, two tours. Wow. Yeah, he missed uh, three, basically five years. Wow. Yeah, and the the first round of military service is when he was 24, 25, and 26. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some prime years. <laughs> the year before he left, he led the American League in runs, homers, RBIs, walks, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases, and finished second in the MVP. <laughs> and that shit, does that happen? Uh, that's a nice way to go out, isn't it? Yeah. All right, boys, I'll be back in three years. And then <laughs> with the year he got back, he led the American League in OPS with 1164. <laughs> so hmm. he won the MVP after three years of military service. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, what are you walking off with? All right, a couple things that I'm walking off with. Uh, the first is a uh, belated happy birthday to, to Casey. Um I think it was on the 28th, January 28th or 27th? 27th. All right. I was just trying to test you to see if you knew your, your son's birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, second thing is, is I forgot about this, but, but last year we had a dreadful pace of draft last year. And um, I think part of that was for a couple of reasons, right? We, um, we were at a, a different location where we were going to stay overnight. So we knew we could drink a little bit. Everybody was just happy to get together after uh, a, a dreadful uh, 2020 year um, with, 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 with COVID. So um, hopefully, you know, I was thinking, you know, we need to improve, improve the pace of the draft and not have it slog on for what was it like 10 hours last year? <laughs> was it really? But <laughs> I, something like that. But then I'm thinking to myself, all right, so if we finish in eight hours, what are we going to do? We're just going to go out and drink any, uh, anyway, right? So I don't know. Um, it, it, it does get tough, and, you know, this is how if, – if you don't increase the pace of play or the pace of the draft, this is how the Golden Monkey Award is, is, is born. Yeah, it is. Uh, I didn't realize it was 10 hours, but you make a good point. of like, all right, if we get done in eight, what, you know, does it make a difference? Yeah, right. That's that's kind of the point I came to. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I'm just happy that we're gonna be um, we're gonna be t together at the draft, and it's gonna be really interesting, as you had pointed out earlier in the podcast, that if the CBA is not signed, um, free agents. Um, what are we gonna do with people like Correa and and uh, um, Chris Bryant? It's just gonna be. It, it's gonna make for a very interesting draft so I, i'm hoping what you said does come true um what are you what are you walking off with because i'm going to guess it's going to have to do something with hall of fame voting yeah I, I i think baseball needs to develop a different method of the hall of fame voting i i, I think we're at that point i mean we 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 have a we're developing we as in like baseball fans and owner our writers and players different ways to measure uh the uh, quality of a player with these uh, percentage, you know, like war and Woba and uh, FIP and all that. I, I, I think baseball's Hall of Fame voting of the writers is truly antiquated. Um, it's too much control with, with too little people. I mean, if you think about every, you know, uh, baseball fan, there's, there's very few that vote for the Hall of Fame. Um, and I think their hubris, that seems to be a word in our podcast now, is, take, is taking over. And, and I think it needs, I, I think we need to cut the reins on the writers. It was originally developed because we didn't have ESPN. We didn't have all this technology where you couldn't see players. So the writers were really the only ones that saw the players on a, on a daily basis. Where that's not the case anymore. Uh, we have every bit of information at our fingertip. I think it should it should go to the general public. That that's where I think we should go to. Because yeah, I I, 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 I don't I just, know. I, go ahead. Well, say your case. And here's my point. Okay, and I'm not saying anything bad about these players. They're major league players for a long time, and and I, now I feel like I'm in arbitration where I have to criticize a player 
what of a guy who's played in major leagues. But there's no reason for Mark Burley to get 23 votes. The, the, uh, Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard, eight people voted for him. Now, I, I thought for five years Ryan Howard's one of the best offensive players in baseball, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, who's voting for this guy? And it, 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 it tells me that I, the validity of these votes is very low. I have no I have no trust in any of these writers who who vote for Hall of Famers. I got none. Even if they show their ballots. Well, it, it, showing your ballot, it, voting for Ryan Howard's a bigger problem. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so wait, you you think that it, it's better for uh, fans to do this because because you know we can use a test example of um, of the All Star Game and. You know, while it is a fans' game, do you think that they should really have a say in in the Hall of Fame? Because most fans, let, let's face it, I mean, your knowledge is much greater than than most baseball fans, right? So, I, I, don't you think there would need to be some sort of criteria before fans could do that? What the hell's they the have matter? To be a certain age, or there was five writers that voted for Jonathan Papelbon. What what the hell's it matter at this point? You, you know what? Here's what I would love to see: is that should should fans have to take some sort of test to qualify to be to to, to vote for the Hall of Fame? I, I I think I get where you're going with it, but we got writers doing stuff like this who are deemed experts at the game. They they're their 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 power has gone too far. When five people vote for Jonathan Papelbon, that they should have been revoked that second that they they submitted that ballot. So what the hell is right. the difference if the general public votes? So how about this in terms of spitballing? How about if 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 the fans could say, "Hey, let's hear the top fifteen that we want you to vote for," and then you writers pick from these top fifteen that we've chosen, or something like that? Still wouldn't trust them. All right. No. Let, let I, I think and, and, just go to the general public. Yep, because well, I, I I probably watch as much baseball as much of these writers, and they're, they're really geographic centric too. As I looked at the Philly writers, and all of them voted for at least Jimmy Rollins and Roland, and a few voted for Ryan Howard. Where yeah, but I get that, right? Because you see them every day. It, it's everyone, hard to appreciate. You, I mean, that's just human nature. You, the, I can see anybody I want right now. I can see I can see players as much as the writers do. In fact, I can probably see more because I'm not. I don't have to. I don't have a beat that I got to cover. I literally could watch okay. anybody. So All yeah, right. I, I I think the validity of these writers is for me, it's going out the door. When I see Burley getting 23 votes, Ryan Howard getting votes, Joe Nathan getting votes, Papelbon, does five people really think he's a Hall of Fame pitcher? Hell, we, we couldn't even get Lee Smith in. <laughs> that guy retired as the all-time save leader, and pe- he went 10 years without getting in. I, I, I don't, But there's five of them that think Jonathan Papelbon gets in. So, yeah. I, I have I have no trust in any of these writers, and I, I really don't care anymore about these guys. <laughs> Honest to God, I don't. Yeah. Honest to God, I don't. I, I, okay. It, it's, a, it's a joke at this point. And I'm so not, you're, I, I'm not right. even, I didn't even bring so, up Bonds or Clemens. I didn't even bring up so those guys. Here's what I'm going to ask all the owners next year in, in order to – just incite you a little bit when you ask who, who should be elected to the Rooster Hall of uh, Rooster Wing. Um, everybody, please write in Mark Burley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we would still follow the same rules. You get to pick ten players. That's it. <laughs> Submitted online. You know, you, they can track. Uh, you know, you have to register somehow and go ahead and do it. And I bet you it would be pretty close. I I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I I think it would probably probably be pretty close to what the percentage is here now. So, but just give us the shot at it because the validity of the writers is going out the window for me. I'm done with them. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. That was scorching. Do you not agree so, so, just a little bit that Jonathan Papelbon probably shouldn't have got votes? I don't think there's any harm in him getting a couple of votes. You know what? Because I'd like to hear people make their case for him. Um, I'm sure they're looking at – let's think about it this way, right? They're probably looking at more advanced metrics than they ever have before. Would you not agree? I, I don't know if there's any scientific – I, I, I don't know what the perfect methodology of saying um, how a player should get into the Hall of Fame. Should it be based upon, you know, metrics and what are the best metrics? And, you know, obviously it should be judged in its in its own era. I, I, I just think maybe Hall of Fame voting has actually gotten, not to say it's great, but it, it certainly has gotten better than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. Well, just as a as a talking point, uh, I found one of the writers, Ian Anderson, Ian Harrison. I have no idea who he is. So he votes for Papelbon and Nathan, but leaves Sheffield out. So, yeah, I, I, I would want to see an argument. Or maybe we should just have an adjudication board. So I'm going to bring up Harrison adjudication board. Say, hey, dude, why the hell would you vote for Joe Nathan and Papelbon and not Sheffield? I want to hear your, your argument because your ballot is at risk right, right now. I'm going to revoke that shit if you don't come Tweet up with a better argument. Right? Tweet at him. I'm sure he'll get – maybe we can have him on the podcast. He can say this position. You know what What's the, his name? Ian Harrison. Ian, Ian Harrison. All right. Well, let me do a little bit of digging on him. So it looks like he's the only one that actually showed his ballot that voted for Papelbon. He is. Right, good for him. Uh, though, I don't know. Maybe it's not good for him. You should have hit your ballot, dude. Yeah, see, you got anything? All right, that, 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 that's, my, that's my project for the next month, try to track this knucklehead down. Okay, all right, yeah, I, li- I like that. Yeah, he is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, he, his validity's fallen every second now if he's on Twitter. All right. He, uh, well, and on LinkedIn. He's on LinkedIn? He's on LinkedIn. He's a freelance sports writer covering the Toronto Blue Jays. And Toronto Raptors. All right. All right. So you get it. So, hey, take us through. What does the next podcast look like? And uh, before we sign off. Uh, Sunday, March 6th. All right. So everybody we have, we'll be sending out um, an email to you talking about um, um, March 5th as our winter meetings at Iron Hill in Eagle View. Um, until then, continue to, to text us. Send, uh, send pictures, send your winner proposals, and um, I will catch up with you, Chief, in four weeks. All right, champ. Have a good month. Take care. See you.